We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% .9 of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo here with Josh Kolak. Man, Josh, look, dude, did I get it right? Yeah, you got it right. You got yeah. it right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, he. we just go over the names. He joins the podcast the first time, and I'm legendary for how bad I get names. I get real, real nervous when it comes down to a name I've never seen before. Well, I saw it recently because he joined our staff. He joined our staff for another outlet. And, Josh, we just want to welcome you to Rams Talk and also yeah, welcome you, you to the you. show for the first time, man. Folks, you have a plan to talk about. But before we do, let's meet Josh. Dude, how are you? 
Good, good, man. Uh, doing doing really well. Thanks for bringing me on the podcast and bringing me onto the team. I'm super excited about it. So, yeah. Well, tell people about yourself. Where are you coming uh, from? Where have you been before? So, uh, I've lived in Illinois my entire life. Work as a uh, registered nurse uh, for almost almost seven years, I guess, uh, since 2012. Been a Rams fan since I was six years old, you know, uh, grew up. I literally live like 20, 30 minutes away from St. Louis. So, I mean, I grew up nothing but football all the time. Um, got a wife, uh, three kids, so keeps me busy. Are you raising me Rams fans? Oh, yeah, we, for we call sure. That, we call that indoctrination around here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my, kids, my kids are already growing up uh, – Big St. Louis Blues fans because we're a big hockey hockey family too. But uh, yeah, my first love is football. Played football as a kid. Uh, played football in high school. Been studying the game of football and and different you know prospects going through high school, college, the pros, and all that ever since I was like in middle school. So uh, yeah, my kids already watch Rams games with me when I don't have to work. And yeah, trust me, they're they're Rams fans. And you stuck with this team even though they moved away. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I guess I get where, you know, some people have some hard feelings, I guess, you know, I understand, you know, not a great situation when they left. Uh, you know, I know for me, it was really hard because I always wanted to be able to take my kids to a game someday. And now, you know, it makes it real difficult going from Illinois all the way to LA. But yeah, I just could never root for another team. It was just I grew up with them. You know, I've rooted for these players and this organization my entire life. And I, I couldn't just like randomly pick another team and just say, yeah, I'll follow them now. Um, it just seemed seemed weird to me. So, uh, yeah, I stuck with the Rams. Was never any doubt in my mind. You know, hopefully someday my wife and I have actually talked about in the next few years moving out to California. So and that'll be a huge change in the culture right there. And oh, it's, yeah. it's weird, too, because, you know, a lot of Rams fans in L.A. stuck with the team when they went to St. Louis and now you're on the flip side of it. So I'm guessing most folks who listen here totally understand where you're coming from and, and appreciate the fact that you stayed loyal. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. So would you remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker, anywhere, really, anywhere. You'll also find our podcast list with Clutch Points. They feature an awesome app that puts loads of NBA and NFL information at your fingertips. Check them out at clutchpoints.com or download the app. Also, for us, listen don't forget to subscribe and leave five-star reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. helps out our rankings. helps us out with charts. You name it. That's where it goes. And don't forget our other shows in the network, including Rams Uncensored. They are going to be debuting tomorrow on our network. Tomorrow. Or tonight. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Okay. And then Rampage Radio. They're on high Easter right now with Jordan having a baby. And then, of course, Butting Heads. They're here every week driving you up a wall. Okay. So, to get started, two big things went down with the Rams this week, both of them cash-saving, cost-cutting moves, okay? And that is the releases of John Sullivan and Mark Barron. These guys have both meant a lot to this franchise over the last couple of years. You've seen Mark Barron up close and personal when, he, when the team was in St. Louis. What do these losses mean to you, Josh? Yeah, so first off, I just want to say, you know, uh, thank you to Mark Barron and to Sully for everything they gave Rams fans and the Rams organization. Two high-character players, you know, did their very best for the Rams at all times, and it, it hurts to see them go. Uh, it always hurts to see good players go, you know, whether it be because a guy's aging and, and on the decline or, 
doesn't fit the scheme anymore or has had injuries the last couple years. Um, you know, and those are some of the cases with Barron and Sullivan. It hurts to see him go, but, you know, that's that's the name of the game, and that's just the way football works. And, you know, trust the Rams to to make those decisions. You know, Sean McVay and Les Snead will, will get that roster put together. You know, I think, uh, I think they've done a good job of drafting depth that they can develop to hopefully take over those spots and keep the, uh, keep the Rams roster, you know, strong and keep those position groups strong as well, so... And it's going to be interesting to see what happens now. There are still a couple more folks out there you could you know could look at to cut co- to cut some costs that will include well Michael Brockers that would be the big one he would bring back over ten million dollars in costs yep, yep. if you cut him if you were to say you know what Greg Zerline thank you very much you could save over two million dollars for him Tyler Higby you could save a, a little over two million dollars for him so they may not be done yet cost cutting. I don't. I'm not necessarily sure it's going to happen with Brockers because I think it would have happened by now unless they're negotiating. And word is he they're not. But I kind of think it, at that rate, is he worth 11 million dollars? He makes a 5.83 percent of the team's cap. I don't necessarily think that he's going to, going to be around uh, much longer. So we'll see. I guess is that fair? We'll see. Yeah, and I think uh, I think something for fans to remember about Brockers is you know just this past season he was named a team captain and. You know, we've seen in the past that sometimes a team captain brings more value to a team than necessarily his production. Obviously, you want to see that production fall in line as well. But, uh, you know, Brockers is a team leader and he's a guy who gets that team, um, you know, in the right spots and and gets them, you know, pumped up for the games. And he's a team leader. Uh, Sometimes that's extremely, extremely valuable. And, uh, you know, he's only on the hook for this season as of right now. So, uh, I, I really don't see the Rams cutting him. Um, I think a more likely scenario, if anything were to happen, would possibly be like a restructure. But at the same time, I'm not sure that they really feel like he's a scheme fit going down the road. And so, uh, honestly, in my opinion, I see them kind of just keeping him for this year and then next year letting him move on and maybe find a better team fit somewhere. And, you know, if that happens, good luck to him. But as of right now, he's a Ram, so I'm going to root for him. Well, and just for the purpose of math, and, and I don't believe this would ever happen, the Rams could also choose to cut Tlaib or Peters and save to combine $17 million. Will that happen? No. But just in the, just so people know the numbers, same for Woods. You can cut Woods and get roughly 3.5 mil back. That's just not going to happen. So I think right now if you're going to look for more cash, extensive cash, Brockers would be next up. I just don't see them taking that dive unless we see movement at defensive tackle. We'll talk about that later. In the meantime, what did Barron bring to this roster that made him special as a Ram? To me, Barron brought a level of intensity. Um, you know, he brought, you know, he was originally a safety out of Alabama and, you know, he brought a little bit of that coverage, although, you know, he struggled at times as the Rams kind of did at, at the linebacker position. But, uh, you know, Barron, Barron gave his all any time he was on the field. Um, I think that was evident. The dude knew how to put a lick on a guy for being such a small linebacker. I was always really impressed with that about him, a very tenacious player. I think he was just a guy who, yeah, he's not a pro bowler or anything like that, but he's valuable to a team. And, you know, I definitely think that he'll uh, he'll do good things for whichever team he ends up on. So the thing, the thing that's tough about him overall is he was going to always have a hard time shirking blocks, you know, as yeah, a guy who is as small as he is, you know, physically, he is going to have to rely on speed. 
and injuries in the past. It was just going to be harder for him to do those things. His PFF rating, by the way, dropped all the way to 90 first top in the run last year, and that was a sign that it was time to go. He had done much better the year before, but the Rams' real problem during the season was up the middle. Once that front three, the, the defensive the down lineman, got caught, it was over. And the running game really, really burned them at times in, in 2018. So it makes sense for him to go. It doesn't mean we like seeing him go. I don't think anybody in here wanted to see Mark Barron go. It would have been nice. I wish he was a better cover safety. He's moving back to safety. But, right. you know, it, it's not going to happen. Will we see him go somewhere and probably land as a more of a run-stopping safety? Probably. But right now it's just kind of a bummer seeing the guy go. I remember talking with with Samson Epicom last year at Rams Fest, and his point was, wow, that's my dog. And you know, call him dog. And he turns, you're hit, been hit by him and so on and so forth. And that's not the problem when – when Mark Barron hits you, you man, you know it. But the problem was getting him to the running back this year to hit him, and, and that's, the, that's the thing that hurts, man. That's the thing that yeah. hurts to see him go. Yep. So John Sullivan, the veteran. What, what do you remember the most about John Sullivan in his two years here? So the thing is, is you know, prior to John Sullivan, the Rams had tried a couple of aging veterans before. You know, I I think uh, I remember Scott Wells and everybody was really excited about that free agent signing. And then, you know, he just did not work out. And so Sullivan, when he came on the team, I I was definitely skeptical. You know, he'd had some injuries and hadn't exactly produced at the highest level times because of that. And, uh, you know, but he's a he's a really cerebral player. And so uh, I think what he sometimes lacked in physical ability throughout his career, you know, the mental aspect, especially now being... uh, being a seasoned vet, you know, he was a, a great value to the team. I think, you know, the Rams bringing him and Whitworth in to this to this young Rams team, you know, was uh, was a big get. And I think he he did his job admirably. Uh, I think he was a good leader, um, able to call protections out and everything and help Jared Goff, you know, with him being a young quarterback and everything. So, you know, yeah, John, John Sullivan is just, uh, he's a guy that, you know, he's a pro's pro and, you know, that's all there is to say about him. I mean, he's towards the end of his career, but, you know, I, I still think, you know, if he wanted to play another year or two, I think he could for a team that, you know, is, uh, maybe wanting, uh, a backup or, uh, a guy who can spot start or something like that. But, you know, as far as being a starter, I think I think he's about done doing that. The thing with, with him was, again, you mentioned the injuries, the injuries that Sullivan had. and The question mark was, would he do what he did? I think we really underestimated just the leadership he'd bring to that offensive line, especially in the middle, the calming influence he would have on Jared Goff, you know, last year especially. And what It's what burned was watching Sullivan, though, get this year, towards the end of the year, as he wore down – Watching him get blown off the football, and that was hard to watch. I think that's when we all knew it was pretty much done for Sully. It's not that he can't play the game anymore, but he's not starting caliber. He's not going to hold up well against some of these defensive lines that come from Chicago, Philadelphia. It's just not going to happen, and uh, I think we all realize that. What's going to happen with him is he'll wind up, you know, either retiring to me or, you know, he's going to wind up as a backup. Maybe you know, hey, you never know. He might wind up being back with the Rams as a, as a as a backup. I doubt it, but you know, he, that could happen. So you buy John, you know, John, uh, you were the guy who really brought this offensive line together. We say it's Whitworth and his and Whitworth's leadership has meant a lot, but in that interior, especially the effect you have on your quarterback, that's John Sullivan. And, and uh, he will be missed. We miss greatly. So absolutely. All right. So as we're moving on here, 
we do want to go ahead and bring up Jim Hawk's book. That's right, Hollywood Scene, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells a story of all of the 1950s Rams. The lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some stories father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s LA Rams. Folks, you can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can also find the book pretty much anywhere on the internet. Folks, I've read this book cover to cover. Johnny's read it, Norm read it, and apparently Steve's making an attempt at it. We just saw that tonight. He might might just take... I, let's go ahead and do this now, folks. Let's go ahead and, and tweet us the wagers. How long will it take Steve Ribeiro to read this book? I am going to go ahead and go out there, and I'm going to put this at one month. Okay, seriously. I tease him and say three years. I'm going to put him at one month. All right, what do you got, Josh? What, what are you going to say? Oh, man. Um... I think he's going to try to prove you wrong and get it done in two weeks. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's not that long of a book. It's, you know, he could have it in two, three days, but, you know, he's a busy guy, and I think, uh, plus, it's just fun to harass Steve, man, the young buck <laughs> on the staff. So, the, Steve, when you listen in, there's the challenge. I'm betting on a month. Folks, one more thing here. The important thing about this book, though, it's not just the fact that it's a great Rand's book, but also where this book is going. The proceeds go to Homeboy Industries a charity coming out of Los Angeles that works on helping people get out of the gang life and becoming productive members of society. It's a worthy cause, and Jim Hawk did a great job really finding this charity and putting his, uh, putting his time into it. So I would encourage you to go for it. And one more thing with this. We've been, he's been sponsoring us now for almost a year. A really great thing for him to know that you've heard about his book from us Please go on over to Amazon and leave a review, please. And let him know what you think about his book. This is the story of his dad. It means it's a very personal book to him. So for us, please go on over there, leave a review. And just so we can see that this has been a worthy venture for both him and us. Um, And, of course, I'll encourage my staff as well to go leave a review. All right. So moving on. Free agent priorities. This is the juicy one because now we are less than a week away. As a matter of fact, any day now we're going to start hearing this rash amount of news. Usually, it's like a like a um, like a dam. Once that first major signing comes, it all breaks loose. So any day, I'm guessing, heck, we'll probably get our first sign tomorrow. We're Saturday, and the actual league year begins March 13th. Man. What is going to happen with the Rams with all these gaps? Right now they have roughly $35 million. If they make a couple more cuts, they could probably get up to about 44 So, Josh, here's the real thing I wonder about. is If you are the GM, let's put your GM hat on. What positions right now need to be prioritized in free agency? Uh, well, I think it starts with what happens... Uh, with Dante Fowler, I think that you know we've we've all heard that uh, Les Snead basically called him priority number one, and obviously there are going to be teams competing for his services. So, you know, twenty four year old pass rusher that performed well in the playoffs, they tend to get paid. Uh, so, you know, I, I I don't advise the Rams to get into a bidding war, but uh, I'd love to see him back. If they do lose him to another team, uh, there's 
a couple of edge rushers that I really like, um, whether it be guys who are already scheduled to be unrestricted free agents or guys that we've heard rumors that they could be cut. You know, there's uh, some D linemen that I really like. I really think the Rams need to focus on getting a true nose tackle in this defense. Uh, I think that'll help both the run game and if you get the right guy, it can actually help the pass rush as well. And then safety in numbers. You know, we're we're probably letting Joyner walk and, uh, you know, would love to see somebody back there on the back end with John Johnson to complete that back end and hopefully actually uh, make the term Los Angeles. Real this time? Yeah, real this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I look at this and go, you, you're mentioning linebacker and I, I really... I think we may have our answers at linebacker and not know it. It really depends on what the Rams think about Oka Ronquo, who we did not see at all last year. Okay, and when they think of Micah Kaiser, and it would, I would love to be a fly on the wall right now as they talk about this because I look at this team and how they have pursued preparing their rookies in the last few years, and it really rings a bell back to the 1970s. I mentioned this last night when I was on Lockdown Rams, and that is, the Rams have been behaving a lot like the 70s Rams did. In the 70s, the Rams would go out there and get guys like Nolan, Nolan Cromwell, have them work on special teams for a year, learn their position, and then the following year they come in and play. And we've seen that pattern, in my view, with Samson Ebicom, and then also with Corey Littleton. Okay? So I look at those two and think, what's next? These other guys have been waiting how are they evaluating those two guys? Are they ready to make contributions? Are they not ready to make contributions? And it looks to me like they probably are leaning towards not ready for Oko, or else we wouldn't be hearing as much chatter as we are about Dante Fowler. I mean, right. is that how you interpret it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think uh, I think the injury last year set set Okoronkwo back. You know, I, I know people were floored when he made it as far as far down in the draft as he did, but he's got some limitations. He's not he's not your typical edge rusher that you just plug and play and you say, man, that guy, he's got it all. You know, I, I think that he can he can make an impact on the team, but I'm not sure that he's a guy who's ready to be a starter, um, especially missing his entire rookie year. Micah Kaiser, on the other hand, is a guy who I've I've been adamant um, on social media that this guy could be the answer at middle linebacker. Um, I think that you know in college he showed a really good ability to uh, to stuff the run, and uh, they were able to use him in uh, blitz packages at, at Virginia as well. And he did really well with that. And I, I know he's got some limitations in coverage, but the fact of the matter is, is he's actually a lot more athletic than people give him credit for. And I think putting him next to Corey Littleton, who who PFF graded really well in coverage this year um you know might mask some of those some of those limitations and I really think Micah Kaiser might be a guy who you know I think he fits the formula that we just talked about special teams for a year and then becoming a starter I think he fits that formula perfectly performed really adamantly on special teams this year and in preseason last year I mean there was a little bit of talk about you know maybe he could get some play time I'm not really sure why he didn't the way our linebackers struggled but uh in preseason, he graded really well. He uh, flew around the ball, made some plays. I'm really impressed by Micah Kaiser, and I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. Well, I'm I'm excited for that too, and I really want to see where they go with him. But in terms of coverage, well, it's not like he was awful in coverage, by the way, at Virginia. He just wasn't good, you know. And right, if you right. have the right safeties behind him as well, it's not as big of a risk. So then you get back and go, okay, well, who's going to be playing safety back there next to John Johnson? 
that's piece of the puzzle number two. Earl Thomas. And I, you know what? If you are Earl Thomas and you have a bone to pick with the Seahawks and you want another chance to the ring, why not consider the Rams? Absolutely. Why Absolutely. not? I mean, makes perfect sense, especially if if they don't retain Fowler and they go cheaper at edge rusher. I mean, then you then you've got that cap space to give him that money that he wants. I don't know that I want to pay him fifteen million a year, but uh, we can get close. We can. Well, get I don't close. think you do, man. I don't think you will pay him fifteen a year or even close to that. Guys coming off an Achilles, man. I don't. You know that he's at that age where you you probably want him for a year. Let me let's just put our GM hats on for a moment. Let's just think it's a deep draft with safeties. Okay, the safety market was weak last year in terms of demand. It had there were players out there, but it took a long time for these guys to sign. To me, it makes a lot of sense that with the depth of the draft and the amount of safeties on the market, that they should be able to get him at a reasonable price and then draft your safety to replace him for the next year, for 2020. So, did, uh, hey, Derek, did, did Thomas tear his Achilles? I thought he just fractured his lower leg. You know, I could be wrong. I mean, it's late and I'm tired. I mean, it's one of the two. I mean, it's, I mean, it's still a big injury. But it's yeah, it's I def- still a big injury. Was it, was I'm it definitely a fracture? More- I'm definitely more comfortable paying for a fracture than for an Achilles, though. Well, you know, I could be re- I could be really off. Let's take you know we take a quick look at that. But you know, the, the point to me still stands in terms of will do you do you think you have to pay a, a bunch of money for him? I think no, no, I don't really think that at all. Yeah, and he fractured his leg. Okay, so I'm much more comfortable with that. And the guy recovered well from his last major injury. And if you go out there and let's say you use your third rounder on a safety, okay, and that's the guy you develop for a year behind Earl Thomas, then Earl leaves after a year, okay? So one-year incentive-laden kind of prove-it deal to the rest of the NFL because they'll play the game. And you have your, your free safety you drafted behind that you are developing. I think it's a perfect plan. And now you have Kaiser in front of him and a guy like Thomas behind you. I, I I will look at that and go, that's a pretty decent situation for me. Yep, I agree. Okay. Now, of course, will that happen? No. But here's the, here's the cool thing. And to me, this is really neat about where the Rams, how far they've come. Three, four years ago, none of these veterans are going out there signing a, a one-year short, you know, short deal to try and win a ring. None of them are. This franchise was on a whole. And all of a sudden, we can actually talk about Situations like this, knowing, absolutely knowing that players will come. And we found that out last year with the Ndamukong Sioux. Ndamukong Sioux. Did I say that right? I never say it right. Uh, I've got language problems. House of Spears. House of Spears. Okay. So how does this sound, too? Okay. So you have Kaiser in the middle. I would think you'd pay. I I think the odds are really good that what the Rams would do would be they splurge on one free agent. And it's probably going to be Dante. Okay, so you go spend your money on him, and then you bargain bin it with Earl Thomas at safety. Okay, you draft your safety. You have your void at at edge. You have your void also at middle dealt with, and then you have to worry about, of course, the offensive line. So what do you do there? Which one do you really prioritize first right now? The defensive front, the defensive front seven, or the offensive line? For me, I'm prioritizing the defensive front line. That front seven needs to needs to finally finally be Wade Phillips' perfect creation. Um, I think on O line, I'm really comfortable with Joseph Noteboom. Um, if we if we don't retain Saffold, which it it looks very likely that we won't, you know, I'm comfortable with him playing left guard. 
And if the Rams want to draft somebody to ultimately replace Whitworth at tackle and keep Noteboom at guard, I'm fine with that. If they feel like Noteboom can slide the left tackle, I think he, he played really well there in his limited snaps. And I think Brian Allen at center, uh, I, I've seen some things uh, from from people, you know, reporters around the Rams and stuff that, you know, and, and it could be true or not true, but it sounds like he may be their guy. I think that the Rams drafted these guys with the uh, the forethought that, you know, they really felt like these were guys who could sit a year, get, you know, be backups, learn from some of the best in the game in Whitworth and Sullivan, and uh, and then come in next year and, and really not lose too much in production as far as that goes. And something I want to say about Brian Allen is, you know, he played four years at Michigan State, Big Ten. Big Ten offensive linemen are coached really well. Um, that's why they churn out so many Especially NFL quality linemen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brian Allen's known as a cerebral player, much like John Sullivan was. I mean, definitely fits that mold. So for me, I'm thinking he sat behind Sullivan for a year. He might be ready. You know, he's he's had an entire year in, you know, an NFL offseason strength and conditioning program. I, I really, I feel comfortable with the offensive line going into it with that. Now, if, if they want to, you know, prioritize a line, I'm not going to complain about that either. There's some guys that I like free agent wise, uh, namely Saffold, if we would be able to bring him back. But, uh, you know, a name that I like to throw around and it's not going to happen, but uh, Matt Paratus from the Broncos uh, is a really intriguing free agent. Now, we just saw um, Pouncey with the Steelers get paid today, uh, averaging 11 million a year. So you have to think Paratus either hits that mark or maybe even goes above it. So I don't know. He's probably priced out of the Rams range, but he's an interesting guy. Yeah, I really believe the Rams are going are gonna to splurge on one person there. So to me, if you're going to splurge on one person right now, it's going to be either Saffold or or Fowler. You know, I, you know, the other names that are out there include safety Lennon Collins. I think he's above the Rams in terms of pay. I think in terms of other guys that you may consider – you know, it's hard to say they wouldn't pay their own first at this point. You know, get Roger Saffold back, and a guy who really solidified things. But it was neat. You mentioned Joe Noteboom playing guard, and I talked a little bit a little bit about that last night on Locked on Rams, and I was thinking, you know, wait a minute. I'm going to go do some more research, and sure enough, the Rams did work Noteboom out quite a bit this year at left guard. And so maybe, maybe, maybe they think he's ready. I definitely, um, you know, I uh, – I, I follow everything, you know, PFF, over the cap, all that stuff. I, I'm into all of it. And uh, PFF rated Noteboom really well. Um, I mean, he graded at the elite level in pass protection, um, according to PFF this year. Now, granted, that's limited snaps. but Very limited. But, you know, it's there. And, uh, you know, I think you see, you know, the he, I mean, the Rams made him their first pick of the draft. And that, to me, says something, no matter what round it is. You know, because that's that's a team saying that this is the guy we want more than anybody else in this draft, given that we've only got, you know, a third round pick to start with. For me, that speaks volumes. You know, I think that you don't use a pick on a player like that. You know, the first pick that you've got in a draft on a guy that you don't think is going to get it done. So, yeah, I, I have to believe that Nopum's the guy going forward somewhere. Now, if that's we bring Saffold back and he sits for another year as a backup and then takes over left tackle next year. You know, that's fine. But honestly, I think the Rams were, were kind of preparing for this 
not mass exodus of players, but, you know, we can't keep everybody. And I think they were kind of preparing for that. And I think they knew that Saffold was was going to fetch quite a bit on the open market if uh, if teams came calling. So Yeah, and but this is where you and I are going to disagree a little bit. You mentioned you're prioritizing the front seven there. I'm still prioritizing, prioritizing the offensive line. You know, I believe at this point you kept that offensive line together pretty well the last two years. You've had offensive fluidity, and only as age and, well, on just age really, age and lack of athleticism, that's what hurt the Rams at the end of the year. And so you want, you want to upgrade those things, and the defense is still going to be decent with the guys you got. So I'm sitting there thinking, make sure this offensive line is there. Make sure it is shored up. Make sure it's better on the edges and can protect Jared Goff. We need Jared Goff to, to stay upright and not get hit. We saw what happens when any quarterback gets hit, let alone Jared Goff last season. So to me, that offensive line remains a priority. If that offensive line is healthy throughout the entire year, the Rams' offense is going to score. They're going to score and they're going to win. Now, if the defense struggles, they're still going to score. So that's why I say you prioritize the offense at this point. I mean, maybe you disagree, but that's what that's why I say offensive line. Yeah, my my only my only thing with that is that, you know, we're losing some defensive talent, you know. I mean, we're not going to have Sue anymore. Not that Joyner played the greatest this year, but, you know, he was a a guy who played at a high level previously. You know, you're losing those guys and, you know, that affects the defense and I, I get it that our offense is going to score. McVay's going to scheme things up. Goff's a good quarterback. Um, we've got receivers. Hopefully we've got Todd Gurley with, you know, somebody else to spell him a little bit to add some longevity to his career. You know, we're going to score regardless. You're right. And for me, though, it's it's hard if the defense is out there too long. And then that just kind of gets you in a pinch there. Well, so sure it's hard. Sure it's hard. It's, you know, it, it gets annoying to watch that defense get shredded when they're tired. I get that. But this is also, don't forget, a deep draft. This is a very deep draft on the defensive side of the ball. So let's just say the Rams, they go out there and they put their money really focusing on keeping Saffle, for example. And I'm not saying they should. I've been back and forth on this over and over and over again. I'm going to sit in the fence a little bit probably because I don't know how they're evaluating Noteboom and Brian Allen. But if there's an offensive lineman who can be your starter with, the first round, with their first-round pick, you take them. You take them, and then you backfill the rest of that defense with those thirds and beyond. That's just kind of how I'm looking at it because this is a deep defensive draft. So I would, in that case, focus on free agency on getting those holes fixed on offense and wherever you can on defense, and then let the draft do the rest. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Anyways, folks, before we go, what we want to do is let you know our t-shirt is going up for sale tomorrow, okay? It is a historically-based t-shirt with our emblem on it. It is 25 bucks plus shipping. It's mainly payable through PayPal right now because we're still working on other options. Here's the deal. We do not want you to not spend on the Rams, okay? But if you support what we do and you like the shirt, please buy it. All right. It'll help us out on trying to pay these guys. Josh, would be nice to get a couple bucks for me? Would be really nice. Yeah, would be really nice. Okay. That's our goal. But most importantly, right now, is just bringing money in to help support the podcast themselves, keep them running, keep the lights on, and do some other cool things to make your content better. So there you go. That's all I'm going to say about it. Also, if you want to sponsor us, look us up. Give us, send us an email, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. And or send us a voicemail, 657-666-5453, 
and we have a media kit ready to get out to you with all of our information, talking about our podcasts, our listenership, and so on and so forth. Before we go, Josh, do you have any final thoughts for the audience? You know, just that uh, I'm excited about this Rams offseason. Uh, I trust Sean McVay and Les Snead and the Rams organization to get it right, uh, whatever they decide to do. You know, and I just want to say again, Derek, thanks for bringing me on the podcast and thanks for bringing me on the team, ready to keep getting getting to work. And uh, it's been great to have you, man. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the team. And let's, let's go make some magic happen in 2019. You hear that, Rams? Let's do that. All right, folks, it is time for us to hit the road. Hit the road again. For the entire team, do not do not forget, do not forget to find us on Twitter at TalkRams. Me, you can find on Twitter at DCApollo. Josh, you can find him at RN underscore Kylo. I'm guessing that's Star Wars, right? Star Wars reference? Yeah, and RN right. stands for Registered Nurse. So Okay, so <laughs> Kylo the Registered Nurse. Interesting. So you're not a Sith Lord. You're instead you're a Registered Nurse. Okay. Don't forget to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Don't forget that iBeatRadio.com plays our shows on Wednesday, Saturday, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. For Josh, this is Derek C. Paul. Take it easy. We'll see you this weekend with Mike back on the show for Sunday night. Peace out. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.